everyone, my name is Ari and welcome to Made of Metal, a motivational podcast where we tell stories about regular people overcoming insurmountable odds. So thank you again for joining me on this lovely journey into the past. Speaking of traveling to the past, I'm super late to the party, but I just started watching Outlander and I am totally obsessed. Absolutely amazing television. Again, I'm super late but still very much enjoy it. And before we begin, I just have a small favor to ask of you. If you're enjoying the show and the shenanigans here, please take a moment to leave a rating or review or just tell a friend so they can join in on the fun. I would truly appreciate it and thank you oh so very much. So we are officially in February, which means it is Black History Month, you guys. So of course, we are focusing on highlighting the less known stories of Black history and paying homage to those who often had their stories silenced. Now, you guys may not know this about me, but I really enjoy rooting for the underdog. I've always resonated with this group because I felt like that's where I belonged. And this may sound familiar for anyone that's experienced childhood trauma, growing up with a narcissistic mother or toxic parent, or any sort of impactful event that made you feel inherently disadvantaged from other people. So this week, I chose someone whose fictional story was turned into a very popular novel. And the novelization is much more familiar to the common man than the real person who actually inspired it. Yes, this person's life story became a controversial lesson on slavery in America. And without any prior knowledge or guidance, this individual helped create a safe living space for people who had never had anything close to it, a place where they could live without fear, a refuge. This individual also was human. And this is another one of those stories where you can clearly trace the personal growth that they've overtaken or undertaken over their lifetime. I love highlighting these stories because for anyone who has had a toxic parent, grown up in extreme neglect, or any similar negative situation, it's important to understand that although you may have been shaped by your experiences in certain ways, personal growth is always possible. It is always there. You can learn better and be better in spite of the decisions you made in the past. Because the decisions you made in the past could have been from a place of fear or for the need to survive. But once you know better, you grow better, you do better. And of course, this is just a happy coincidence, you know, but (laughs) yet another Maryland native. So always a pleasure in sharing these stories for the local history. It's just so fascinating. So let's get right into it. Today, we'll be discussing... The character, the caretaker, the custodian, Josiah Henson. Josiah Henson was born on June 15, 1789 in Port Tobacco, Maryland. Josiah was born into slavery, as were his parents and 11 siblings. Josiah's childhood was fraught with violence and hard labor at the hands of convoluted owners. 
And I say this, oh, you guys can't see me. I'm doing air quotes. <laughs> I say that with air quotes, by the way, because no man can own another, in my humble opinion. From the very beginning, the idea that he was owned was thrust onto his worldview. Josiah's first and last name is a combination of his owner's names. And quite early on, Josiah's family was completely uprooted and disrupted by the slave trade. When Josiah was very young, he'd witness his father defend his mother from an abusive overseer. In retaliation, Josiah's father received 100 lashes, had his ear nailed to a post, then ripped off, and was sold to a farm in the South. Josiah never saw his father again. Throughout his childhood, Josiah received brutal physical and mental abuse that resulted in broken arms and a devastating back injury, likely sustained during a beating after he was discovered trying to teach himself how to read. When Josiah's first owner passed away, Josiah's family ended up in a slave auction. He was sold to another farm, which completely separated him from his mother and siblings. Josiah would never see his siblings again. So this is literally reading like a horror story. And Josiah is only a child at this point. Him being sold away, he was maybe five years old. So after working for his new owners for a time, Josiah was sold to another farm over a bargain where he was thankfully reunited with his mother. With the support of his mother close by, Josiah's young adult life consisted of working hard to establish himself with his new owner. Josiah's incredible work ethic, strength, and ability to work independently set him apart, and he was awarded with increasing responsibilities. Eventually, Josiah had built up enough trust that he was allowed to travel for business on his owner's behalf moving between the family farms as well as markets within Washington, D.C. In one such instance, when Josiah was in his teenage years, his owner tasked Josiah with transporting a group of enslaved from Maryland to a farm owned by his brother in Kentucky. Josiah carried out his duty as instructed and did complete the delivery, in spite of the very real option of escape that had presented itself. And this is a point where we can really see the different mind states of Josiah as he evolves. Because at this point, he's just following orders. You know what I mean? The risk of escaping and being caught meant certain death, while following orders would mean living another day. And again, we can never truly understand what someone in this situation is going through. I mean, under this sort of intense daily trauma and anxiety, but many people have interpreted Josiah's actions to mean that he sympathized with his owner and with slavery, and he helped keep his people enslaved. That is not my personal opinion, but I did want to highlight this for transparency and because this lends even more context to a very dark and scary time in American history. While living in Kentucky, Josiah became an accomplished minister, holding sermons and gaining followers throughout his business travels. During one such errand, 
Josiah would connect with another minister who recognized his natural talent for sermons and for leading others. The minister, who was white, advised Josiah that he should travel, preach his sermons, and raise funds to purchase his own freedom from his owner in Maryland. With the minister's help, Josiah was able to raise the money while also refining his orator skills through his sermons. Throughout this time period, Josiah would also meet and marry another enslaved woman, and they would have children. Once Josiah returned home, he proposed a very lucrative offer to his owner, who he had just helped to avoid financial ruin, by the way. At first, the owner agreed to the deal, but when Josiah returned to pay the balance, the owner tricked him. He took Josiah's money and then pawned him off to be sold to a farm in New Orleans, forever separating him from his wife and children, just like his father before him. On his way to his new farm, his chaperone, which was his owner's son, fell deathly ill with malaria. Josiah decided that instead of fleeing, he would nurse the boy back to health and return him to his home in Maryland. Instead of being grateful for Josiah's help in saving his son, the owner decides that he's just going to raise Josiah's price for when he was sold. Like, OMG, how can people be this way? I will never understand this as someone who is, I mean, I like to think I am very human, but to treat somebody this way, or if somebody does something nice for me, I should at the very least return the favor in kind, you know? I mean, this owner was just pure evil, in my opinion. So, but at this point, Josiah had been nothing but a faithful and honorable worker. He'd helped this man for many, many years on his farm and even helped him avoid financial ruin. He was going to file for bankruptcy. Plus, he saved the life of his son. And yet and still, his owner does this bull crap to him. It's just crazy. And it was at this point that Josiah decided that enough was enough. Him and his family planned a daring escape to Canada, which was currently a refuge for fugitive slaves. The family began their faithful trek to Canada on foot, with walking from Kentucky to Ohio. Yes, you heard that right. They walked from Kentucky to Ohio. And the family had nothing but what was on their backs. So after crossing into Ohio, Josiah's wife collapsed from pure exhaustion. But this is a cool little tidbit. The family happened upon a group of Native Americans while they were crossing through Ohio, who aided them on their journey, offering them provisions and a safe place to rest. Once on their way, and while making a river crossing, the family encountered a captain who was heading up north to New York. The captain was sympathetic to the family's plight and agreed to allow them to ride the ship to New York. Once in New York, the family would again walk the remaining mileage to their final destination, the Canadian border, and reach their final destination by grace and grit they did. They had walked more than 500 miles from Kentucky to Canada to reach their freedom. 
I mean, think about how desperate someone must have been to go to that sort of extreme to escape. I also thought it was super awesome that the family encountered a couple folks to help them along on their way. I mean, that truly warmed my heart. Sometimes you just need somebody to lend you a hand to help you on on your way to your final destination. I think that is truly, truly needed. So I really like that. Josiah described the moment that he and his family stepped into Canada as pure elation, joy, happiness. Josiah immediately began work as a farmer and a minister, establishing a better life and home for his family. Josiah used the rages he made to send his son to formal schooling. And in turn, Josiah's son taught his father, whom had never truly learned, how to read and write. Josiah walked 500 miles so that his son wouldn't have to endure the harrowing conditions that he did. Through his early years of ministering in Canada, Josiah was able to meet and connect with many other former slaves in the area. Full independence and self-sufficiency was attainable there, and Josiah was going to work to see it come to fruition. With the help of several other leaders within the community, plus abolitionists and other anti-slavery activists, and years of fundraising and coordination, Josiah was able to purchase acreage in order to build a settlement in Canada for fugitive slaves. He'd also purchase land for his own family to grow and farm. The settlement grew rapidly and evolved into the Dawn Settlement, a growing populace with almost 500 residents, mostly former fugitive slaves that thrived with several industries and sawmills supporting the town. While in Dawn, Josiah also worked his anti-slavery connections to become a conductor on the Underground Railroad, dedicating his time to helping other slaves reach freedom as he once did, even going so far as to travel to Kentucky to extend his help to other former slaves in his former slave state. Josiah even served as an officer for the British Army, lending his help to attempt to quell a rebellion in Canada. Josiah and others would live at the Dawn Settlement for many years while America went through a bloody civil war. After the abolishment of slavery in America, many residents of the Dawn Settlement returned to their home states, while Josiah remained in Canada. While on his travels through preaching and conducting on the Underground Railroad, Josiah would connect with a famous abolitionist named Sam Elliott. After learning about Josiah's story, Sam offered to act as his penman and documented Josiah's life. In 1849, the autobiography for Josiah Henson, titled The Life of Josiah Henson, Formerly a Slave, Now an Inhabitant of Canada, as narrated by himself, was published. Just a few years later, the book titled Uncle Tom's Cabin by Harriet Beecher Stowe, an anti-slavery novel that drew heavily from Josiah's story, was published in 1851. The novel received significant backlash, but the story has remained one of the most iconic and foundational novels of our time. It ignited a movement and started a much-needed conversation about the brutalities of slavery, 
that many Americans at the time had simply chosen to ignore. Josiah Henson would live out the rest of his life in peace, giving lectures, helping other fugitive slaves, and farming on his lovely acreage in Canada. Josiah Henson would pass away on May 6, 1883, in Ontario, Canada, at the ripe old age of 94. Wow, so this one was a doozy, as is usual with any story involving the history of slavery in America. It just hits so close to home because, I mean, I'm an African-American, and it is truly disturbing and sickening to read about the conditions my ancestors had to endure simply because of the color of their skin. And this can be applied to many ethnic groups, Jewish population, the Irish population. It's just sickening all around. It's mind-boggling and heartbreaking. But also, it makes you super proud and privileged to be here today. The strength and fortitude of someone like Josiah Henson is breathtaking, especially when you learn about all the obstacles and horrible, horrible people he had to deal with and endure along the way. It's even more incredible to me that Josiah chose to go back and help others, putting himself at risk again and again constantly facing the threat of recapture just for the chance to save others. I mean, you really can't get any more brave and courageous than that. Josiah Henson's story teaches us the importance of personal growth, of vision, and most importantly, of helping others. When we've reached a place where we have the ability to help others, we should make every effort to do just that. And that's actually a little inspiration for the Made of Metal podcast. I endured a pretty harrowing childhood, but it did teach me about all the pitfalls and perils on the journey from recovery from childhood trauma. And with this knowledge, all I want to do is help as many people as I can avoid the struggles that I went through. So as always, please listen to these stories and take from it what you need. That is all I ask. So you can check us out at madeofmetalpodcast.com. You can also follow us on Instagram or Facebook. And that's Made of Metal, M-E-T-T-L-E. Thank you so very much for listening. I love each and every one of you. Thank you for also enduring my Darth Vader voice today. <laughs> every time I mention this, when you know, I ask people about it, I'm like, did I sound like I was, you know, gargling with acid on my last <laughs> podcast? And they're like, no, absolutely not. But anyway, sorry about this, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. I love each and every one of you. So appreciated. And please, please, please do not forget to bloom where you are planted.